Thanks for listening to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now, here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Deep Thoughts with Addictions. Thank you for joining us today. We are grateful that you're here with us again. So today, we actually had to scratch our prepared episode. It's Sunday here, so you guys are going to listen to this on Tuesday. The reason I say that is because a lot of our episode today is about the current events. And before I decided to talk about this topic, I thought long and hard this week because I hate giving in to hype and propaganda and news. But I had an experience earlier this week that we're going to share with you guys. And that's, it gave me a different spin on it, basically, of like what I wanted to share. First things first, I'm sure you already know before I even say it, the coronavirus situation. Um, Let's take you guys back. Let's tell this in a story form. Let's go back to February, um, which was about a month ago. A month ago. You know, actually, today's the 14th, isn't it? Today's Mm -hmm. the 15th. Mm -hmm. Literally a month ago, we were in Tulum, Mexico. And before we went, there was a tiny bit of a question in our minds whether or not we should be taking this trip to Mexico. And at the time, there were no cases in St. Louis. There were no cases in, I believe Mexico City had one case at the time. But there was nothing in Tulum, nothing at the Cancun airport. Everything was clear. We had a direct flight there and back. So we took our chances and we're like, you know what? It's not that bad. Let's go. Well, we went, we had a great time, we came back, and then I don't know what's happened, but in the last week or two, I mean, shit's just hit the fan at this point, and I don't watch the news. We don't even have cable in our house, for those of you who are wondering how I don't watch the news. I don't Google it. It doesn't give me Apple news alerts on my phone. I turned those off years ago. So if I get any piece of news, it's mainly through my family, if they're calling me and telling me something if my friends tell me something, or if I see it on Instagram, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so February happens. Now it's March. Uh, this week it was like 13th, 14th, 15th. So this week. I, on Wednesday, uh, my mom had called me and said, listen, you should go to the grocery store and get some stuff because we're sold out of everything here in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, why? You know, like I was very confused and just like, whatever. I knew of the coronavirus going around. I knew that it's like, you know, I knew the extent of it. I just didn't realize something else that I'll explain later. So Wednesday rolls around. My car was in the shop, so I had to use Brian's car. So I waited for him to get home. He starts working out and I go to Whole Foods by myself. Well, I get there and first of all, it was packed with people on a Wednesday evening, which is not normal. And I'm like walking around like, what's going on? Like my mom was right, you know? Going through the aisles, the things that I need or want are sold out. There's huge lines of people. And I honestly couldn't really get much of the stuff that I normally get. We get a lot of fresh foods and vegetables. We don't touch the canned food, the bottles of food. Like, we're not into that stuff. So I come I come home and I'm like, I couldn't really get any, anything. Like, it was like really bad. And Brian's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, everyone's like freaking out, blah, blah, blah. No big deal. We go back. We, we go to bed. The next day, he goes to work, I go to work, and then (laughs) my mom calls me again (laughs) on Thursday and goes, hey, you should go to the store and make sure you guys have antibacterial wipes and sanitizer and Clorox for your home 
Because if this really happens and, you know, you have mailmen and you have delivery people and you have your neighbor, anybody else coming in out of your home or touching your doors, you want to be able to clean and keep your stuff sanitized. And I'm like, mom, like, where's this hype coming from? Like, what's going on? She's like, Nina, they declared this as a pandemic yesterday. And I'm like, well, someone should have started the whole story with me as that. So then I could understand what was going on better. Then everything, I started to piece everything together. I'm like, oh, this is why everything was wiped out yesterday and all this stuff. Well, something too that I think is an important thing to note here is that from a political perspective and also a labor and employee perspective, which I actually learned this this week, um, whenever they declare something a pandemic or a national emergency, it allows them to trigger things in budgets that they weren't able to before. Yeah. And my sister is a labor and employment law in Los Angeles, and I talked to her this week too. And once the government labels something as a pandemic or a global pandemic, there is actually certain things that corporate employers have to do and they like the policies they have to go by once it's labeled as that nationally. Uh if they want to avoid liability. So like certain things that come into labor employment laws, certain things like OSHA, and if large corporate employers are not making it a mandate that their employees begin to work from home to protect everybody's safety and health at that point, they can actually be sued left and right for all sorts of different labor and employment law violations. And so from what Nina was saying, as that happened and more and more places began to shut things down, people started to go in panic mode and were just ransacking stores, buying anything and everything they could get their hands on to stock up on. And what was confusing about all this is one, we I didn't know all of this was going on in the news. And two, I, did not, I didn't even realize until earlier that week that we had had one case in Missouri at this point, just one. So... Oh, yeah. Let's go back before I continue on. What's the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic? It was an epidemic up until this point, and it was announced as a pandemic on Wednesday when all this chaos ensued. And that just means that it's it covers it goes to multiple countries. And now they're going to hit a point where they can't track where it's coming from. So it's going to spread easier and it's affecting like several different countries all over the place. So that happens. Anyway, Brian gets home on Thursday and I'm like, hey, I think we should go look for a Clorox and like disinfectant stuff because we don't have that much in the house stored right now. So we go. We end up going to this one grocery store that's a little bit, um, it's like a really big grocery store around here called Schnooks. And we get there. First of all, there's lines. Every single checkout lane is like lines and lines in that are like taking up space into the aisles of the grocery store. You can't even walk through that lane. So we noticed we're like, okay, I, I now know what's happening. But I think it was a shock to Brian because he wasn't with me on Wednesday to see all this. I wasn't with you on Wednesday, however, and I'm just like Nina, I am very against following the media because I think there's so much disinformation and I understand that how media companies make their money is based off of views and clicks. And these days, unfortunately, people are more concerned in the media space about being first as opposed to being accurate, accurate and validating the information they provide out. So there's so much inaccurate information. It's like a waste of time. And it's just so negative. And I'm not a negative person. I don't deal with that stuff. And when you consistently watch that over and over again, it reprograms how you think. And so I'm not a fan of it at all. But as this has been progressing so incredibly quickly, I have been being more conscious about what's being said and trying to view things very objectively. And I can see how 
the media just got real out of control really fast with this to really drive up their links and clicks to increase their revenue for stuff that people went in total fear and panic mode. And so I'm looking at this like, wow, this is a really interesting experiment in information and mind and psychological warfare. It's almost like the things that we've talked about on this podcast before that, you know, like media warfare and manipulating the public to to act or think or believe a certain way. By instilling fear. fear. Yeah. It's very possible. Like this is what has... Well, we'll get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself here. So we're there on Thursday. Brian's driving the cart, and I'm just trying to get into the... I don't know Schnucks that well. That's not where I shop normally. So I'm looking for like the Lysol and this and that. I walk into the lane, the aisle, and I look at the thing, and I'm like, I just stopped because it was literally wiped out. There there was was nothing nothing on that shelf. Only thing on the shelf was the price tag. I took a picture, and I sent it to my best friend, and I sent it to my mom, and I'm like, this is insane. Like, this is real. And so... I'm walking by, walking by, and then we see the water. That's where we we also went for water because we have a water delivery system here called Aqua System. They deliver gallons of water every three weeks. And my mom's like, and my parents do too. So my mom's like, be careful of water because that may be the, one of the first things to stop um, for delivery too. So now we're at, in front of the water. I couldn't find the disinfectant stuff. So we go near the water aisle and I'm very cognizant that there's another woman and her toddler who's in the crate next to us looking at the water as well. Brian and I are on our phones Googling which water company doesn't have fluoride in it. <laughs> which I still don't totally trust, but I guess I got to do what I got to yeah, do in so, a situation So we're like, like scrolling this. and his internet's not working, my internet's not working. And long story short, he's, he's now putting the cases of water into our cart. And I'm just like, I'm just like kind of looking around at the buzz and like, like just the amount of people everywhere, like Panicky energy. Yeah, it was not good energy at all. And so... But I'm very like alert too. Like I got to get this. I got to get this. I have to look for this. And this woman walks away from her toddler to also pick up the water. And next thing you know, I hear the toddler screaming in like a, in a happy way. It was laughing, giggling. He, I don't even know, I don't remember if it was a he or she. But he, he or she is laughing and giggling and playing in their car. And I looked over and I thought it was so cute. And then this other woman, probably a little bit older than me, walks by and starts playing and interacting with the toddler. I'm just being really, really nice. And... From my perspective, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this kid has no idea in the middle of like this chaos. He's just happy. And then like the woman who was like interacting with the kid was happy. The mom of the kid is picking up the water. (laughs) Within seconds, all of this ensues. And Brian's still picking up the water and (laughs) loading our cart. The, the, The mom of the toddler literally drops the water and lunges over to freaks out and Bazzes out at the woman playing yeah. with her kid and goes, "Don't touch my kid!" and moves. She's the like, cart. "Don't touch her! I don't know if you're if you're carrying no, anything." No, no. Like she no. freaked out. She freaks out and she yanks the car. And the woman's immediate response was, she smiles and she's like, "No, no, no my hands are clean. My hands are clean. It's okay. It's okay." And the mother of the toddler goes, "Oh yeah, sure. They're yeah, sure they're clean. How do you know that? I'm sure they're not." And she like yanks the car and moves more towards us and past us. I just stood there in complete shock for a second. The reason being is because, number one, I saw something escalate very quickly from like happy to like negative. Two, Brian and I had just got done discussing something in the car where I was telling him, I'm like, listen, all these things that the news and the media and all these things that happen create fear within us. And then we become hostile and it becomes like me against the world or my family against the world. And it like kind of divides us in a way. And I was explaining, I was explaining to him and we were sharing stories about how 
just recently, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if this was in the media, but just recently when all this stuff in Wuhan, China was happening, there was a lot of racial fights and breakouts happening between Americans and Chinese children, even in colleges and schools around here, which disgusts me on a personal level. Like I, I, have, I have zero tolerance and patience for racism of any sort. So I was just, I was telling him, I'm like, this is like a real thing. And then we got to this place and I literally saw not racism, but I saw like a woman get so protective of her child where she lost her humanity in that moment. You know, she lost her like, like just the calmness and the love and like the human interaction that we should all have at this moment of like coming together and and like sharing things and being okay. I'm not like, we're not parents, so I'm not judging her reaction whatsoever. I'm just saying that as an onlooker, I just felt like, whoa, that animosity that just like escalated so quickly from something so naive and small. It wasn't really fun to watch. It didn't give me a good feeling and it bothered me for hours. It also shows me how people are so terrified yeah. and misinformed right now while amongst all this is going on. Like, don't get me wrong. It's something that should be taken seriously, right? Of course. of course. But the amount of fear instilled within people and how they're approaching the situation is just mind-boggling. And it, it's, it furthers our point that we'll probably talk about in a bit around this information warfare. Yeah. So we get our water. I, I'm like walking through, but now I don't know what happened, but a switch went off in me at this point in the sense of I felt like I was responsible now to be calm and not give in to the chaos going around us. So Brian puts the water in and I could see that he's getting a little bit impatient with me because I am trying to go up and down the aisles and make sure I got everything because I'm like forgetting shit at this point. Plus, it's not easy to maneuver through the aisle with the with the huge cart that he has. But he turns around and looks at me and goes, we just got to get out of this place. It's like a Petri dish right now. We shouldn't be here. This is the <laughs> last place we should be. I just didn't like it. But it was like I, so much panicky energy. I, not I know. But I had already felt like so calm. Because of what I just witnessed, I felt that I was responsible now for how I feel. I should be forging positive energy and vibes and be the calm one. So as we were going through the grocery store now, after that incident I just witnessed, I was trying to smile more at people. I was allowing people to cut in front of me. I was like being calmer and patient with people that were like hitting me or bumping me. I just wasn't spazzing anymore because I what I saw I didn't like and I didn't want to be that person. So it was, it was a good thing. I'm saying that I, I, I saw something negative, but I took something positive from it. Long story short, we get out of there with our water and like three other things. Pathetic. And then he's standing in line and I'm like, oh, this is a perfect time to win the lotto. So I hit the lotto line and nobody's in the lotto line. So I'm like hanging out there like wanting to get a Powerball and a Mega Millions. We leave and I'm like, what are we going to do? We don't have Clorox or like anything or Lysol. So we hit up Walgreens. No go. We walked in there. The girl goes, nope, we're sold out. Sorry. We're in the checkout line with like two items again that we forgot before. And there's a sign on the thing that says we are limiting four sanitarial um, or antibacterial products per customer. Please do not purchase any more than that. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like the end of the world. We go on to the next store, which was the CVS. Again, everything's wiped out. I walked out empty handed. We go to another Walgreens, um, not too far from our house. Same story. Everything's wiped out. I see this woman who's stocking the shelves. And so I'm like, hmm, maybe she has a case of something here somewhere, like a case of, uh, you know, like uh, antibacterial or hand sanitizer or something. I'm like, excuse me, do you have any uh, anything that's sanitizing, like wipes or, you know, gel or anything? 
And she's like, we have one. And I'm like, oh, can I get it? And she's like, yeah. So I'm following her. She's literally taking me on a tour of the store. And I'm like, where am I going for this thing? She takes me all the way around through the freezer section, up and around the candy aisle. We went way past the paper towels and Lysol and stuff. And we go to the photo section. And I'm like, and I'm literally thinking, like, Is, did she hear me right? She goes behind the photo section of the Walgreens, whips out a brand new bottle of hand sanitizer the size of my freaking hand, okay, or my <laughs> finger. And she's like, this is the only one we have left. Someone left it here. And I was going to put it back on the shelf for sale. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, are you- They're like hiding this little tiny bottle in like, like the you- most secret part of yeah. their store. Like, they can are get you kidding it. me? So I- I'm grateful at this point. I'm like, oh, thank you. So I took it. I mean, they could have, the employees could have purchased, sure, purchased sure. them, you know? So I took it and I get in this huge line for this one tiny bottle of hand sanitizer. And I'm in there and I put the sanitizer on the on the counter. And there's a ton of people behind me. And she's like, did you get this from the photo section? We had one bottle left. And I'm like, yeah, someone just gave it to me. And she's like, girl, you got the last one in this store. And she starts clapping and whistling. And everybody behind me starts clapping. And I'm like. And you can bet that sanitizer lasts this the whole ride this home. Is so, <laughs> this is so strange to be experiencing this in 2020 i just thought it was so odd whatever i get to the car with a huge smile on my face i'm like brian you won't believe this (laughs) so we venture on home and here's what i'm thinking at this point we're shit out of luck from getting anything at the stores here we went to six different stores on two separate days it's not happening and well then you go online no so then we come home and i'm like oh my god i could go on amazon like even if it's cost me 100 bucks i'll i'll purchase it like let's go let's do this so I go online and Amazon, everything says currently unavailable, currently unavailable. Or it says $98 for three pack of Clorox antibacterial yeah. wipes. And then it says undeliverable to your location. And, and we're looking at like, we're looking at a lot of places too. We're looking at Amazon, eBay, Target, Menards, Home Depot. Well, then your cousin, yeah. Dave texts you and says, hey guys, look at Lowe's, look at Home Depot, Menards, um, look at all these places online. So I start Googling all these places online. Every single item that was sanitizing type of an item said not available for shipping not available for shipping please check your local store it was the creepiest weirdest thing to like experience for a second and then i'm calling our local home depot and those all gone everything's gone they don't have anything and so it just made me think which now we're recording and it reminds me our cvs was supposed to get a shipment yesterday and we haven't checked it yet you know what's actually funny is i read this article yesterday about this guy i forget where, what state he was in but seeing this all happening he tries to you know be creative and goes and buy, goes to a bunch of different stores in his city and buys like almost eighteen thousand units of hand sanitizer and then jumps on amazon and ebay and tries to start selling them and they immediately recognize because he's trying to sell these for a hundred bucks a pop and like price gouge people and they immediately recognize it and they shut the whole thing down and suspend his account and they were like we will not tolerate this in the middle of this global health crisis well, amazon's right? allowing sellers to just up their shipping price yeah and so it, he anyway he gets interviewed in this article and he's like now i'm sitting on eighteen thousand things of hand sanitizer i thought i was going to be able to make some money for my family and now i I can't even sell them. <laughs> He's just like sitting on them all. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's one thing to be smart and like take advantage of a time like this in our society, especially financially, but it's one thing to just be flat out dumb and inhumane. Yeah, like, that's exactly. That's rude. It's just rude. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you're trying to make $2 on a hand. He could make profit just by upselling by $2. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a douchebag and like charge people $100. That's sure. just dumb. But anyway, that was our beautiful experience of these last several days. And so... 
Um, we've been kind of just home. Oh, yesterday we went it's, to the Indian What I find store. so interesting is just the rate at which stuff is it was so escalating. Yeah. Like, like from day to day within a 24-hour time span, the rate at like how things are progressing. Like this is obviously something everybody I've talked to, and I'm talking about people that are our age, people young, obviously younger than us doesn't matter, but people that are older than us up to 60, 70 years old, nothing like this has ever happened well, we in, asked their life, my mom, in their lifetime. You right? asked somebody and I asked my mom, like, mom, have you ever like witnessed something like this? And she told both of us, she's like, no, I haven't. And my parents haven't. She's like, but my grandparents. So my great grandparents apparently witnessed something similar to this. I just don't know the... I didn't ask her the specifics about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, it just makes you think about how... The, the last big thing I think that occurred to the point where the world was starting to shut stuff down... 1918, right? It was the Spanish flu, I'm pretty 19, sure. And that wiped out a decent chunk, of, like not a, like not a huge percentage, but it wiped, from a global population perspective, it wiped out quite a few people yeah. back then. We were even just reading this article the other day that was comparing... Uh, Philadelphia and St. Louis. Well, Danielle it, sent me, my, my friend had sent me a, a screenshot of something on the news that was showing the 1918 flu. It was, the, it was that exactly. And it was comparing how Philadelphia had seen its first case in like September something yeah. in 1918, but it didn't do anything about it. Well, and it had a huge parade in the streets with like 200,000 people. And then it escalated. Like just because people didn't take it seriously, the deaths and the infections escalated. Whereas St. Louis in 1918 saw a case appear on October 5th of 1918. And shut the whole city down. And October down. 7th, they shut everything down. But yeah. that's funny because that's exactly what St. Louis did this time too. Yeah. We got one case and within 24 hours, everything started shutting down. All the stores started getting wiped out. Um, People started canceling things in St. Louis in terms of events and public and social gatherings the day after that was announced that the 20-year-old woman in St. Louis got coronavirus. And I I understand that when it did happen, I was like, oh my gosh, they're just over-exaggerating this. They're being so dramatic. Didn't one of your things get canceled? No, I've had several things getting canceled. And if, if it's not being canceled completely, they're making it shift over to being operated virtually. Yeah. And so, whereas... Philadelphia had not taken these precautionary measures back in the day, and they, apparently they made the same mistake again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're not here for that. What I'm trying to say is the people in the cities that did take precautionary measures, it actually turned out to be better for them. Mm-hmm. At one of our hospitals yesterday, Mercy, actually instigated a drive-through testing facility, testing facility for the coronavirus, which is really good. Mm-hmm. But... All in all, that's been our experience. And I'll say this, Brian and I started being very humorous about it. Like, we're not ones to give in to hype, I feel. Mm -hmm. We did the whole Wednesday, Thursday grocery store thing, and then we just laughed about it. Like, we're just like, whatever. We got Lysol spray. We found a couple bottles here, a couple bottles there. Got a ton of paper towel, and we're just spraying our shit and wiping it down. Like, (laughs) what else do you want us to do, you know? But I will say this, no vacations. No traveling plans, none of that nonsense. We're not eating out. We're not going to bars and drinking and going around people because I do think that that's how it's going to continue to spread. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to be one of those dumb people who's doing that, like I, I think that you. even with the uh, repercussions that have happened so far, I think it's going to get way worse before it gets better. Here's and I actually pl- have some pretty good information from some people that are pretty high up in in different areas around the world. Some of the people that are leading some of these efforts. Practically though, let's explain why before you say that. Because the people who now have the coronavirus, even if it's just two people in St. Louis, as of today, it's two people. You don't understand. Like the last two or three weeks, these people have been living living a completely normal life and going around and interacting in their worlds and going places. Those two weeks are enough time to spread it on to somebody without even knowing that you have it. Mm-hmm. So that's why this thing is becoming such a big deal 
Because before you even know you have it, you've already given it to somebody sure. two weeks prior. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like St. Louis in the next three weeks, which is something I keep reading about now, is that St. Louis is now going to see a spike over the course of the next three weeks. And things will shut down till mid-April or beginning of May because of the time period this takes. That's why it's scary, but go ahead, share what you learned. I was just going to say that I have some some pretty influential contacts in Silicon Valley and in some other areas like New York and places Blow where... Some more. Well, no, no, I don't mean it in that perspective. I mean it that they are very in the know about what's going on, and some of these people are even leading the medical efforts in some of these things on a global basis. And because of that, I was able to access information about what is to come that hasn't even become really mainstream in the media yet. And basically what I learned is that the people that I've spoken to are predicting that things are going to get pretty severely worse before they end up getting better, which is going to cause so many things. Like the U.S.'s medical system has never been prepared or anything for like the infrastructure need that's going to happen as more and more people start doing this and the trickle-down effects into our economy. Like we just saw last week that the the stock market had the worst day since the 1987 crash, which is a big deal. And the Federal Reserve infused $1.5 trillion back into the economy. And so the economic impact of what happens when a situation like that occurs and the long, the short-term and the long-term economic repercussions are going to be huge. Not to mention now that the United States is looking to actually shut all these things down and the global economy is shutting stuff down as well and how that's going to affect our economy over the next three, six, nine, twelve months, two years. Like the whiplash from that is going to be significant. On Thursday. To say the least. On Thursday, the stock market was crashing while you and I were driving around doing things and Brian and I were talking and we're like, this is directly, this is just for money. This is, this is all happening. The news is hounding on this so much because first of all, we believe that the news is controlled by people that we don't even know about, you know, their, their families and that's money. And that's, that's like their level of power and influence is not Jay-Z. It's not Jeff Bezos. It's not the people that we read about in the Forbes magazine. It's people that are completely behind the scenes that we don't even know about. They fly under the radar and they, pull all the strings globally and so him and I are talking and having a discussion and like a debate about this on Thursday while we're driving around and both him and I agreed we're like this is like financial restructuring this is forcing a crash this is forcing a recession this is forcing things to tank on purpose so that you can wipe out the poor the rich get richer and that divide is just bigger Mm -hmm. well Thursday night when all was said and done we're sitting there watching the numbers tick 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 but here's the thing Brian and I are more into crypto than the stock market. Our families are more into the stock market. Him and I are more into crypto. That number fell down to 38 or 3,900. Yeah, right around there. Yeah. Which I, for people who know Bitcoin, you guys know how big of a deal that was at that moment. But it was like 11.30 p.m. or mm-hmm. 11 p.m. when that happened. We don't even stay past 10 o'clock usually. And we're both up like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, we got to get more. We got to get more. <laughs> like this is the moment. And so... We were looking for the silver lining in things. We were looking for the opportunity and stuff, not from a greedy perspective or anything, but just to be intelligent, you know? And that night, before I went to bed, I just thought, man, the people who have a little bit of cash stashed, number one, if they put it in the stock market now or in the crypto market, they're going to do so well over the next 18 to 24 months. And like, this is the time to take advantage of these things instead of giving into panic and trying to store food like a squirrel or something. Yeah, like, be calculated about be your calculative. decisions. You know, be objective, prepare yourselves, you know, have the food and have the sanitizing stuff, you know, take the precautionary measures. 
But be smart for you and your family and your future, because trust me, it's not ending the world. This will bounce back as the elections come back in November. Everything's it's this is a plan. okay? and I think the people who take risks and who assess the situation objectively and don't really give into the fear and the hype will come out strong in this situation, I feel. I also think that an event like this is going to further an agenda for globalization. And what I mean by that is that we're going to start to see more and more systems put in place that allow for more global control as opposed to country control. And with that, one of my predictions is that we're going to see an ever increase in digital tokens and some type of universal digital currency that's going to be preferred because it allows for this globalization to occur and also this globalization of power. And, you know, just think about it from this perspective. What if we start hearing this narrative around, you know, one of the big issues as to why some of these countries were so late shutting stuff down is because they you know, they all were operating on their own systems and their own decisions, right? It's not too far off to think that they could use that narrative in the future to say, you know what, it makes more sense to centralize the power in government even further than what it is from separating it country by country. And we could have prevented this outbreak from getting as bad as it did if we much earlier on could have had the global authority to shut down countries. Um, that's, that may seem pretty far-fetched for some people to, to conceive or believe, but it may be something that potentially puts the wheels in motion to start going towards a more centralization of global power. Um, you know, that remains to be seen. I'm just throwing that out there as food for thought because the way that I think about things um, is very different in terms of how I think strings are pulled behind the scenes. And it I, has think, a l- I think people who listen to our podcast know that. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you don't, you're going to learn. Um, because I've just seen so much happen over the years, and I've been studying this stuff for so long, and I've seen how our rights are getting taken away from us left and right with different large global events that occur, that to me it just makes sense that eventually that has the potential to happen. And as it does, things like universal digital currencies and universal control mechanisms to shut down large things, at, uh, large things like entire countries much faster at once, that has the potential to happen. And so an event like this could put wheels in motion that start slowly heading us in that direction. Yeah. I it, also, it also may not, and I'm objective to that fact, but I just think off of things I've learned over the years and how deeply I've studied everything that happens kind of that I can uncover at least behind the scenes. I always know that like when something's everybody's focused on one thing, there's definitely something going else on behind the well, scenes. This bait and switch happens repeatedly. I agree. Let's share our, today's Sunday. We we got news this morning about the New York. What did the New York governor do about implementing an army or something? Oh, he want, he was requesting and asking the federal government to start implementing the, the army and uh, the military basically in the streets to start forcing and controlling people to stay in their homes which is exactly what happened in Wuhan in China where they legitimately locked people in their houses and they had the military walking through the streets like martial law saying if you come out you, you'll get arrested or you know they were even injuring people putting them back in their homes because people weren't listening and they're saying we need to implement the same thing we need to now implement martial law which is really really scary when you think about it and they're using the narrative of, oh, we got to get out the federal global supply chain to help deliver supplies and this and that. But at the same time, those people will have the power to injure you if they implement this martial law and they're able to like get you back in your homes if for some reason you walk out. 
under the guise of we're doing it for the safety of the nation, right? Like they're they're going to have pretty much unfettered power to do what they want. I lost the post that I wanted to share with everybody um, about the facts, the scientific facts about this virus. So that's out of this podcast. But um, here's the thing to all more practical things that are based around this stuff. If you're somebody who can't get their hands on products and stuff, just be creative like we were. You know, get your hands on Lysol spray if you can't find wipes. Um, there's plenty of uh, websites out there that teach you how to make your own antibacterial stuff. Even through plants. There's certain plants that you can use and like crush up in a blender and like they have antibacterial properties. Don't freak out and don't not do something about it. No, just be creative. Be creative with things. Respond and don't react. Exactly. And for, as for food, I did make a mistake here, so I'll share it. Um the first day when I was getting food, I got frozen food and dry, uncooked like lentils and beans and stuff because I kind of cook very naturally, like I cook from scratch. I don't buy canned foods and I don't buy prepackaged bagged food that can sit in a pantry. Well, I'm talking to my best friend online and she's like, yeah, dude, but what are you going to do when there's no power if the power goes out? And I'm like, oh, yeah. She's like, your frozen food's gone to shit. You can't cook your beans in a pressure cooker. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I, I think from my perspective, <laughs> our power is going to be fine. I think everybody's power is going to be fine. I it would have to so. get really bad for that. Yeah. But it does make you think, oh, you should probably have some canned goods. Yeah. You should probably have some other stuff. Stuff that we're not used to buying just because of just the stuff. way we eat. Yeah. But so we did, we did do that. We got a, a few of that stuff. But I also... It did make me think like, okay, people are like stocking up on frozen food, but they're not considering this fact that 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 could possibly happen. So all these things, what I'm trying to say, what we're trying to say is like, don't panic, be calm and just make, prepare yourselves and then let it go. You know what I was thinking in the shower today? I'm like, man, if I'm supposed to die from the coronavirus, like, okay, that's my destiny. Like you can't stop shit like that. You can only prepare for it. And then I giggled to myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's totally not my destiny. But And if you even look at the statistics, I think the statistics are very different than what they're actually being advertised. But from what's being advertised, the percentage of people that are actually coming down and it's causing them to die is very, very small in comparison to the amount of people infected. It's your immune system, right? So people who are elderly or have autoimmune diseases or have co- or even if you get a cold and a flu yeah. at this point, you're more susceptible to catching it. That's pure science, people. So something that I don't know if you guys know this, but in India, they have the least amount of cases right now and only like two deaths, which is remarkable because there's billions of people there and uh just so if in case you don't know your geography india's right next to china how was india able to put such a quick stop to this i'm about to tell you one in india's culture you don't shake hands you, you like you pray your, your hands, hands and together you say, namaste and you say namaste and you like give a little head bow that's the first thing people don't really hug immediately either that's like not a norm there when it comes to washing your hands and doing stuff and being sanitarial, because there's so many people there and because there's so many livestock and animals there, it's kind of in their culture to wash your home three, four times a day. Don't have carpeting in your home because carpets carry germs. So there's floors everywhere in India. Carpets are very uncommon there. There's just, you, oh, shoes. You don't wear shoes in the house. We don't wear shoes in my house either here, but it's, it's more of like an Indian thing. I feel like you don't wear shoes in the house. You leave them outside. And so there's certain things that they already have in their culture that have helped keep this stuff at bay. And then furthermore, there's two people there. I would call them spiritual leaders or like herbalists maybe is like a better term. But they said they came out and responded and said, this is the time to make sure that your immune system 
is on point and you're doing everything you can to boost your immune system and not deplete it. And so they shared that like India is big into drinking tea, which is full of antioxidants. And they said, get fresh ginger, grate it up, boil a little dash of it in your tea every, every day, put some cardamom in it, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of fennel, boil that very, very good and have that two to three times a day. And you're going to be arming your immune system with what it needs to be able to ward and fight off anything that you may get. You're un, you're not susceptible to colds and flus when you t- drink this tea. You can also put turmeric in it. I forgot. I, I left that out. And so when you don't, when your immune system is built up, you're not getting sick. You're not going to get the virus. You'll be fine. And wash your hands, of course. So I was kind of. You know, again, like I'd mentioned before, I get fed two different types of information. So I always take the good of both sides and I implement it in my life and I take the boat bad of both sides and I kick it out. And so I feel as though both and both Brian and I had that tea. My parents are doing that tea big time. Um, we've just been making sure that we're immune to this stuff and like doing everything we can. And of course, that means cooking very fresh, too. I, I always cook at home. I always cook from scratch, but we haven't been eating out. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we ate out was last Friday when we've been eating home and like I know what's in it and I'm washing everything 5,000 times and I'm boiling it to its extreme degree. So we're good on that end. So just be smart about that. Um, here are some things that I think I saw a little post on Instagram that I thought was really nice and it was kind of a, a positive spin on everything. And it was more like, what can we do at this point? Be, knowing that most of our listeners are kind of like all over the world and all over America People like in New York, they have been in their homes for over a week now, you know, like. Yeah, I actually, speaking of being in your home for a long time, I talked to one of my friends in China just the other night and he's been in a city just a couple hours north of Wuhan and he used to work with us here in St. Louis and he's been in self-isolation lockdown in Nanjing is his city and he's been there since mid-December, I want to say. So December, January, February, he's been there for like three and a half months in his place, uh, just going out to get food and that's about it and coming back. But, um, yeah, now we're reaching a point where, you know, they're starting to lock down the United States or locking down other countries. It's not unreasonable to think that we may have some type of nationwide lockdown where we're not supposed to be leaving for the next two to four weeks or longer. And the psychological and the emotional effects of that, I'm starting to kind of gauge it a little bit now because I do know some people in New York that have been kind of just home working from home for about a week and I'm also follow a couple girls on Instagram that are there and it's kind of just it feels weird because you don't know what to do we're so busy being busy and we're so used to that that when we're actually forced to just stay home it's like you start to go batch you, you think you're going crazy you right? do but I think where you can really shift that mindset that's so valuable is take this as an opportunity even if you are working for home be focused get what you need to get done done but take this as an opportunity to really calm yourself from the hustle and bus and bs that you were stuck in every day in the matrix and like reconnect with your family reconnect with your significant other reconnect with your children like Take it as an opportunity to slow yourself down. I also look at this as an opportunity to be able to allocate your time to other things. Like one, we all want to stay home. People who don't get to work from home, there's a lot of companies out there who never used to be able to work from home and now they're rethinking their plans. Look at the bright side. Now you do get to work from home, you know, or you get to help your company initiate that policy now, you know, to work from home. 
start a new project of some sort. This could be anything. Maybe you want to start an online business. Maybe you wanted to start selling something on the side. Now's the time to work on it so that when all this is over, you hit the ground running again, you know? Um, I think that this is a great opportunity for small businesses, um, clothing stores, boutiques, restaurants, all, all, all those kinds of companies to re-strategize your business model you know think of new products maybe when all this is over create a new recipe for your restaurant like this is the time to go home and be creative I feel and to take this time inward to see how you can differentiate differentiate yourself now and be better once everything's back up and running I believe this is a great time to do your research and invest if you have you know cash laying around this is a great opportunity to invest in the stock market or the crypto market um, real estate, hang on to your real estate. I think this is a this is a really, really good time to be a homeowner or a real estate owner because I believe the prices will only continue to go up. This is a perfect time to read and work on yourself, your self-improvement. Limit the news, though. Yeah, limit the news. You're probably going to yeah, start limit, going limit crazy that. for sure. I mean, be aware, be conscious of things that are going on, yeah. but try to view even what you do very objectively. Cancel all your vacations. I since like if you think that being domestically allowed to fly back and forth is a safe thing, there's two separate stories that Brian and I read. One was about JetBlue. The guy actually was going from like New York to Florida or Florida to New York and found out that he had the coronavirus while in flight. Okay, and then another one this morning was the cruise ship. Yeah, there's a cruise ship that is now anchored about 25 miles off the coast of the Caribbean islands and the Bahamas because they have been rejected the opportunity to come and dock in the Caribbean islands of the Bahamas because they don't have the infrastructure set up yet from a medical perspective. Mm -hmm. And that cruise ship, I think, had like 600 people, 25 people were infected and self-isolated. Several doctors on the ship were And now they're just trying to find a place where they can even dock the ship and they can pull into so that they can get everybody off and start testing people. And so this lockdown stuff, I think, is actually going to become pretty real and pretty severe pretty quickly. But, you know, like Nina said, take this as an opportunity to rethink yourself. What are you doing? I mean, an example that I just read about the other day is Sir Isaac Newton, you know, back in the he was in his early 20s at the time. But it was back in like the 1600s, I think, when the plague Great Plague hit London and he was self-isolated. Like the city was on lockdown at that point. And literally during that time is when he was outside one day and saw the apple fell from the tree and came up with a theory of gravity. Like, oh, really? Yeah. It was during a lockdown during the Great Plague in London in the 1600s. And that's he's not the only person that has came up with things like that when you know there's been a lockdown or things have happened. Like Some pretty remarkable world discoveries have occurred. And something as brilliant as our theory of gravity by Isaac Newton happened during a similar pandemic back in the 1600s. Yeah, personally for myself in the last several days, especially this past weekend, I have been more focused on my creative side of the business. Um, I've mentioned several times that I'm working on a website and I'm working on a blog and stuff to sell personally as like from our brand aligned with our podcast. And it's been like over a year in the making at this point. And I honestly wanted to have everything up and running by now. And Brian and I had some marketing dollars set aside to initiate towards marketing this week, actually. And we pumped the brakes on that and just felt like this is not a time. This is not inten- This is yeah. not an intelligent time to yeah. release a product. Well, even if we were to release a product and we wanted to send people the book, they couldn't get it anyway. Yeah, how so are we going to ship it at this point? Like, so Amazon and so many companies are shutting down their delivery and supply chains. So instead of panicking and being down and out about the fact that I continue to not hit my release date about this on this project... 
I just thought like, okay, I will continue to write blogs and get the content up on the site that I wish to have for everybody on a weekly basis and just write about things. Like that's daily basis. <laughs> guys, some of you guys don't know, Brian's favorite buzzword in any conversation is on a daily basis. I don't that's know right. if you guys have noticed that, but he says that all the time. <laughs> so now I just mess with him. Yeah. I probably say it on a daily basis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what I've been focused on and just kind of letting my you know, creative mind just run with it where I know that I can't actually sell things right now. It's not an opportune time to invest in that sense. I can create the back end stuff that takes up so much of my time during the week that I I can't, you know? This is a perfect time for me to do that. So that's what I've been focused on personally. Brian's been focused on his stuff. And we definitely have taken this moment as well to watch more um, movies and documentaries. Well, and reading too. And like reading, I, uh, yeah. you know, instead of being at home and maybe being on my phone and reading articles or things like that, that I usually don't read the news, but other types of articles where I'm learning stuff, I feel like with even everything that's going on, even normal articles that I would be reading or trying to funnel stuff in about this virus and mm -hmm. about this crazy stuff that's going on, that I've just reverted to kind of going off my phone. And I've been reading just hard copies of stuff this week to really disconnect and give myself an opportunity to read content where I'm not connected to my device. Yeah, that's something I've done too in the last several days is I'm not scrolling on Instagram. Am I sharing on my story all the time? Yes. Am I posting here and there? Yeah, but I'm not scrolling. I'm not intaking information on Instagram, basically. I'm kind of letting that go and like sharing information on my story, but I'm not in, I'm not, the, I'm not scrolling through stuff. Like that's where your mind starts racing and taking on negative things. So I would use this time as that too. Like be on the back end, go a little offline and focus on what you want to do and do things that make you happy, creative stuff that make you really happy. I also really realized that I've been spending more time with the dogs. Wouldn't mm -hmm. you? Like, you too, actually. There was a funny post the other day that we read that said something like, you know who really is, is happy about this whole coronavirus thing? Dogs around the world. They have they're unprecedented getting to, they amount have of time with their owners, owners. being home. Yeah, that was which pretty is so funny. Cute. <laughs> um, the last point I wanted to make about this is you have to release all negativity and havoc around this stuff, I believe. Um, I'll go back to the main theme of our podcast. Negativity and fear just attracts more negative things to you. Calm, positive vibes will attract calm, positive results for you. So you have to move and be malleable and shift as the world is shifting, but don't take on the world's negative stuff. Um, Italy, for example, I posted this on my story for those of you who follow me. It was so sweet. Um, in their culture, they all tend to hang out outside and drink wine at night and sing and like have songs playing. They're called piazzas. And I guess lately these days, because of the lockdown, everyone's home and the streets are empty. But everybody's been coming out on their balconies and people who like play any kind of instruments have been like playing instruments for people. And like everyone's just been coming together and singing together. And it's just like the sweetest, most heartwarming videos on Instagram about this. If you guys haven't seen them, I encourage you to watch them. It's like that's the kind of stuff we need. Are you trying to say something? Yeah, I, was, I, I <laughs> totally agree. And uh, two things that I'll note too, I think, and this just revolves around people being intelligent. And one is being intelligent about, you know, like we mentioned before, don't let the media instill so much fear in you that you're like scared to do anything, right? Like be smart about it. Uh, if it comes to a point where we're reaching like an actual lockdown, just chill and, and spend time on yourself and get the work done you need to get done, but focus on, focus on yourself and your family and that reconnection. And be intelligent, too, about what you do now and what you do 
after we get through all this because there's going to be a significant economic impact. So be very financially intelligent. Don't be going and spending money you don't need to. Don't be racking things up on credit cards. Like there is going to be a significant economic impact over the course of the next three, six, nine, 12 months. And, and that's not to you, scare you guys. No, not at all. It's 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 just gonna it's it's a fact. This is not gonna be. This, I'm not trying to instill fear here. It's just a fact that it's going to happen based on like it's already gonna happen based on what happened last week, and then based on what's gonna happen over the next couple of weeks that we don't even know. You can and outsmart like, this. Though. Like I mean, it's it's just logical sense. Like you're having massive retailers like Apple and Nike like shutting down all their locations around the world, and like. Just little things like that, how that's going to affect the economy and the stock market and the trickle down of medium and small size businesses. Like there's going to be an impact here. And I say that in no means to try to instill fear. I say it in a way to be aware and to be intelligent about how you restrict your spending over the next period of time so that you can make sure that you're put in a good position and you can come out on top. Not just restrict, but also invest at this time. This would be the time to study the markets and to invest some money into them. We're not financial advisors, so... Please don't, you know, don't, I'm, 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 I'm sharing this because that's what we're doing, but we're not advisors. Um, but I think this is an, this is an opportune time for people. If you hate your job and have been dying to do a side hustle, now's your time to spend the next four to six weeks working on your side hustle. Like now is the time to get creative. Um, before we wrap this up though, oh, I want to. One other thing too, and this goes on this, cause you know, I'm not really worried about this as much with bigger companies or medium companies, but what I do is I work with a lot of startup companies, right? And so in addition to what I just said, people out there that are trying to build their side hustle or maybe they have a startup company off the ground and they're working super hard on it, be extremely intelligent about your cash situation right now. Mm-hmm. You may have to make some hard decisions. You may have to let people go. You may It's going to be very difficult to raise funding. It's going to be very difficult to make sales. And that's going to have a direct impact on your business, whether you're a startup company with 30 employees or whether you're just trying to build your side hustle. Like This is the time right now to get creative around your products and services about what you're building, understanding that it's going to be very challenging to sell it or to raise funding for what you're doing. So be intelligent there as well if you you want to make sure you keep your thing alive these are the moments where i absolutely fall back on what, like what my family does and it's that having real assets that create monthly cash flow for you these kinds of business models which is specifically i'm mentioning real estate are recession proof or market proof um that's just been my experience and my personal experience but that is also a time for our generation like you and i to realize what is it that we're doing and how can we protect our families in the future? Many of us in our age group don't have kids yet. We're waiting way later in age to have kids, but this is a good way to look back on your business model. Like for example, a part of my business model is based on services. It is now today that I can say to you, I'm not actively going out and trying to sell my services. Who the hell wants to meet me in person? <laughs> Nobody wants to shake my hand. No, I agree. And even even on the something that's, that's something to think about for people that are very much in the real estate space, because I agree, real estate's a great asset to have, but we're now encountering uncharted territories where people can't even afford to pay for their own food. So they're, they may have a difficult time paying their monthly rent, right? And so that could directly impact that also. So it'll be interesting to see because what's happening right now has really never happened at this magnitude before mm-hmm. um, where we have access to information like we do. I mean, there's been global pandemics and things have happened and percentages of the population have been wiped out and it's caused economic downtrends. But it'll be interesting to see because our access to information is so fluid and the continuity there is unlike nothing we've ever seen before. And how that's going to impact all these different markets is like literally being created as we speak. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. All right, we're going to leave on a positive note though. So 
I saw this posted, I forget where, and I screenshotted it. So bear with me, but I'm going to read it to you guys because I think it's very important. It's very, it's very like nice. It like brought Count it. to my eyes. Pound it. Hold on. Count here's, it. Here's there the thing. There you go. Good word. Amongst all the fear and confusion, there is hope and a different perspective. There is so much fear and perhaps rightfully so around the coronavirus. And what if, if we subscribe to the philosophy that life is always working out for us, that there is an intelligence far greater than humans at work, that all is interconnected? What if the virus is here to help us? To reset, to remember what is truly important. Reconnecting with family and community. Reducing travel so that the environment, the skies, the air, our lungs all get a break. Parts of China are now seeing blue skies and clouds for the first time in a long time with the factories being shut down. Working from home rather than commuting to work, which is less pollution and more personal time. Reconnecting with family as there is more time at home now. An an invitation to turn inwards a deep meditation rather than the usual extroverted going out to self-soothe. To reconnect with self, what is really important to me. A reset economically, the working poor, the lack of healthcare access for over 30 million in the U.S., the need for paid sick leave. How hard does one need to work to be able to live, to have a life outside of work? And washing our hands, how did that become a new thing that we needed to remember? But yes, we did. The presence of grace for all. There is a shift underway in our society. What if it is one that is favorable for us? What if the virus is an ally in our evolution, in our remembrance of what it means to be connected, humane, living a simpler life, to be less impactful, but more kind to our environment? An offering from my heart this morning, offered as another perspective, another way of relating to this virus, this unfolding, this evolution. It was time for a change, and we all knew that. I just thought that was so incredible. No, it's awesome. I think there's so many powerful statements in there, and I couldn't agree more. There, There is an invisible intelligence that exists within our universe. And when things become out of balance, and this has happened all the way throughout history, there's something Even that will occur. Texts. Yeah, there's something that will occur to help rebalance. And I feel like if you really look at what's been going on in our world over the last 10, 20 years in the amounts of control and the increases in homelessness and the amounts of the wealth disparity and the greed, like there is, and the amounts that like we work at the sacrifice of our relationships and our families and our health, like there's, we're reaching a point where there needs to be a rebalancing. And so sometimes things can occur that we think are just so terrible in the moment, but maybe five years from now or 10 years from now, when we look back on this, we will understand like this is, this actually occurred to reset and rebalance us and help us focus on what's important. We all know that the tipping scales, the balance are way out of whack at this point. She made some very, whoever wrote this made some very solid points on how, like how hard does somebody have to work just to have the bare minimum to survive and to still be like, have a life outside of work there. We have no balance. And I'm speaking mainly for America because this is my experience and this is where I live. There is no work-life balance in this country. None. There is no there is no life and corporations and money and financial institutions with some spirituality and consciousness. There's no balance here. And I see a little bit of it in other countries. I see 0% here. And although a big part of me, because I know I mentioned this earlier, believes that these things and the virus and these are all pre-planned and planted by the powers that be on purpose to move financial markets and gain from them and, you know, do the whole divide conquer thing and manipulate the, what is it? The uh, 
elections in November. This is all a part of the game. I still believe that those people who do these bad things um, to their people and like instill these things and are part of the game and the plan, their minds and their actions do come from a higher place. And by higher, I don't mean like, you know, some magical, mystical thing. No, I think that there's even above them, there's something more powerful, whether it's God, whether it's universe or whatever you guys believe in, there's something beyond this that's playing and it behooves us to not give these negative things so much power that we like lose our peace and become chaotic with everything else. Um, Instead, flip it and see how can I move with this and come out stronger and better. I think that's the whole point. That's right. Very good. Well, thank you everybody so much for joining us today. I hope you guys enjoyed that content. Hopefully, we brought a little bit of levity in a serious situation. Yeah, and laugh about it. We've been. I've been. I'm in a text room with my friends now, and we're just sending the funniest memes to each other (laughs) and the funniest links to each other. Like, just let it go. Like, be like, it'll it'll resolve itself in time, and everything will end up working out. It always does. And so, we hope everybody stays safe and healthy out there. Keep your mind right. Stay peaceful. Stay centered. Take some time to reconnect. And um, I'm sure by the time we do an episode next week, we'll probably have a lot of updated information with how quick things are changing on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys. All right. Next time. See you.